Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Can we stand and give him praise today? From the bottom of your heart, would you lift your voice right now? You can clap your hands, you can raise your hands, you can lift your voice. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's liberty. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a privilege it is to be in the house of God today. Would not you agree? God has been so good to us and has graciously found us here in this place today. And I'm so thankful for his spirit. So thankful for his anointing and for his word. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them with you today, to Mark 10 and verse 46. While you're finding that, this afternoon after service, we're going to have two baptisms. So what a, what a wonderful time that is. We want you to stick around for that, please. Yesterday, I was privileged to be in service in... Perry at Taylor CI. The Pentecostals of Perry uh, host a men's conference there. This is the second year they've been able to do that. And they invited us to come and, and, and minister to those men. And I, I, can't, I can't ever wrap my mind around men that are incarcerated truly incarcerated but will come to a hot building it did not have air conditioning in it it, it was if you could think about the old days it was the old days it was hot but they came to that building with expectancy that God was going to move in their midst and that he was going to speak his word into their life they came with expectancy, and we have several that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost yesterday afternoon. And one man that lived and grew up in a Pentecostal church that prayed back through to the Holy Ghost yesterday afternoon. So I can say to you, if you're a man under the sound of my voice, if you have not been to a prison revival or a prison ministry, I will implore you to do so. It is, the, it is the best experience that you will ever have to be able to pour into men, hungry men, that want you there, and God will meet you there every single time. I'm so thankful for that. If you found Mark 10 and 46, would you say amen? amen. The Bible says in Mark 10 and 46, and they came to Jericho, and as they went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, 
and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they call the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And in verse 50, And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And I'm just going to talk to you today from my heart, from this subject. Rising up in your situation. Can we pray and ask God to move today and have his way? Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, God, that has found us in this house. God, to hear an infallible word, God, spoken in this place. I ask you, Lord, to anoint my mind and my mouth to speak it. And God, I ask you to anoint our hearts to receive it. Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In the matchless name of Jesus, you may be seated. The life that we live is marked with many situations. The longer I live, I am a young man by many respects, but the longer I live, the more I experience and understand this, that life is full of situations and circumstances. And if I can just lay a foundation this morning, we're going we're gonna to visit some very familiar territory, so please don't disconnect, but let's lean in and see what God would have us to do today. Most, if not all of us, are aware of the origins of life. How that God spoke the heavens and the creation and the earth into the very existence that we know today. He formed man of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the, the breath of life and that man became a living soul. God placed that man that he had created and his wife in a perfect environment. It was an environment free from guilt and sin and shame. And it was an environment that was created specifically for them. It was a perfect situation. But the devil, he desired and still does to circumvent what God has set forth. His objective is only one thing and that's to kill, steal, and destroy. And it was no different on that day. He, he, in Genesis 3 and verse 1 through 4, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, Neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Satan was able to convince Eve and her husband that day to go against what God had said and set forth. He convinces them to go against God and eat of the fruit that he had previously told them to stay away from. Can I tell you today that just because God says no to you in certain situations in your life, it does not mean that he's trying to keep you from some good thing or he's trying to keep you from having fun. 
because God is not a dictator and he only has your best interest at heart. When God says no, he's, he's trying to protect you from something that he knows will ultimately destroy you. And that is exactly what he meant for them. But Satan used the knowledge of the human condition to lie to Eve that day and he convinced her that the Lord did not tell them the truth. And in that single act of disobedience, sin was brought into the world and began to forever change the face of humanity from that point forward. Sin began to ruin lives and tear families apart. Sin began to wreck relationships. In fact, it wrecked the most important relationship of all. It wrecked the relationship between man and God. It separated man and distanced him from the presence of God. The separation that sin caused that day not only affected Adam and Eve, but it affected the entire human race. It was an act of disobedience that sent mankind into a never-ending downward spiral, careening out of control. At that very moment of choice, and what people thought would make them feel good, what they thought would make them complete, actually caused incompleteness and separation between God and man. It caused a churning of the waters, if you will. It mixed things up, and it, it sent us into this melting pot of what we call today life, a life that is filled with ups and downs. No one is exempt and no one can escape it. It's just that. It's life. Filled with heartache and laughter. Filled with pain and pleasure. Mixed emotions. Losses and gains. It's life. And it has some extreme highs. Yet some experienced extreme lows. It's mixed with circumstances. That can have you high on the mountain one day. But in the lowest valley the next. We all must live it. And in whatever position you find yourself today, please hear me. You cannot allow that circumstance to define who you are. You see, Satan would like nothing more than to keep you bound by your circumstances, whether it be a high one or whether it be a low one. That's what he intends. He intends to keep you bound by that, to keep you silent. As I said before, he has only one objective. And that's to circumvent everything that God has put in place for your life. He understands that if he can keep you bound and separated from God, that by those things that are going on around you, he can control you. And that's what this all boils down to today. It boils down to control. He would like nothing less than to see you destroyed. His fate has already been determined, and his plan is to take you with him but I've said enough about him today. I want to tell you about the Lord. And he has a different plan for your life. He desires to see you whole and complete. He desires to see you not under your sin and circumstance, but above it. He desires that you have joy and peace and freedom. He desires that you control your circumstances and have dominion in your life. He desires for you to be the person that he has intended to, to be. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. In the Amplified, it just broadens the terms 
a little bit more. I looked up the word thoughts, and in in the concordance, it it, it, it lines up with what Jeremiah 29 and 11 in the Amplified says. God said, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. God's plan for your life is for you to be the head and not the tail. He intends for you to have dominion. And the only way to accomplish this is to have him in us working for us. It cannot be by our own strength. It has to be through him. We cannot listen to the world's philosophies on the subject. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to become inundated with what the world says is normal and what the world says is right. And the world is so mixed up today in the many philosophies that it has. I I can't even begin to, to speak about that. We would be here all day long at so many philosophies that the world has as far as living the way God intends us to live. And I know that this is a broad jump. This is a broad step that we're about to take, but please stay with me because this brings us to where we are today and the text that we read earlier. We find blind Bartimaeus. He's sitting beside the road. He's begging for his living. He gets everything he has from that. That's just what the world sees him as. He's a beggar. In their eyes, he's nothing more than that, a a vagabond, if you will. He's been branded and named. He's been branded and named for his very condition, blind Bartimaeus. Perhaps the world would even say that he isn't worth anything, that he should be discarded and done away with. The world doesn't recognize his voice as anything but a nuisance. In their eyes, he's nothing more than a beggar, and he doesn't deserve their time of day. But when hearing that Jesus is passing by, he begins to cry out to him. The Bible tells us that many tell Bartimaeus to hold his peace. Or in other words, they were telling him to keep quiet. But Bartimaeus does not quiet. Rather, he cries out louder with more fervency. The more they tell him to be quiet, the louder he becomes. Now Jesus, he's going somewhere. He's not just leisurely taking a stroll. In fact, anytime Jesus is on the move, Jesus is on a mission. You see, it won't be long and he'll face the crucifixion. It won't be long and he'll feel the heaviness of sin and the sting of death. It won't be long and he'll face the death of the cross. There is no doubt that he is heavy in his spirit and in his mind he is full. There are a few scriptures before what we've read that Jesus has already begun to instruct his disciples on his impending death and resurrection. But something catches his attention. The cry of Bartimaeus moves Jesus with compassion. And as he cries out to the Lord with great abandon, Jesus commands them around him to call him forth. Now there are many different lessons and inferences that we can take from this scripture today, but We're only going to focus on just a few. Bartimaeus loses his chance that day at a reputation as being quiet or just someone blending into the background. He loses his opportunity at what the world would call calm and collected. 
He hears of Jesus passing by and he loses his status as a cool guy. Just content with being a beggar. Just content with being in the background, going with the flow. It said that moment that he loses all chance at so-called dignity and he doesn't give any thought of what the people say he ought to do. You know, it amazes me how people react to certain things. Certain things come along and, and people react in radical ways. Modern television game shows depict people in an all-out frenzy, almost in a craze, in the hopes at a chance just a chance at an opportunity to win a prize. They'll walk on the backs of chairs to get down to the front when their name is called at the opportunity to win something, a toaster. Yet Jesus, he calls and bids, come. And people will barely give a whisper. They'll sit there with their arms folded say, no, that's too radical. I don't want to have anything to do with that. People might look at me funny. You see, that's what the world wants you to think. It's okay to trust in things, but don't cry out to Jesus because he really can't help you. That's what they say. The world wants you to be quiet, to keep your peace, to be like them or normal. Want you to keep your place among the beggars, simply begging for their change. But Bartimaeus, he doesn't conform. He's not going to let the voices around him tell him that there's no use. He's not going to let them tell him that there's no hope. He's not going to listen to the crowd. He's not going to let them tell him that there's no chance in redemption. But he cries out to Jesus. He's already heard who he is and he's already known what he can do and he's not going to let anything or anybody get in his way. His mind is made up. Now we have no idea what got Bartimaeus to that point in his life. We have no clue what got him to that moment. We can speculate and we can wonder on what really got him there. We can consult Bible commentary and any a number of things. Maybe the encyclopedia would have some insight on that. I don't know. Of what happened in his life to get him to that point. Maybe he was born that way. Maybe he was blind from birth. Could be that Bartimaeus comes from a long line of blind people. It's possible that he came that way later in life. Maybe as a teenager or a young adult. And what could it have been that put him in that position? Did something happen to him? Was the cause of the problem him? Or was he a victim of some act? Maybe an accident got him there. Case of in the wrong place at the wrong time. The Bible does not go into great detail about his past. And it doesn't really explain what got him to that point. So I'm not certain of the answers to those questions today. But one thing I am certain of is that it doesn't really matter what got him there. It doesn't really matter what got him to that point in life. 
I'm not being disrespectful or irreverent today, but it doesn't really matter if he's the cause or if somebody else is. We're not here to debate that. We're not here to debate whether or not it was purposeful or accidental or a mistake or an error in judgment. Wherever the fault lies, the fact is and was, he was there. Nothing could change the past. And as hard as anyone could try, Nothing could change what got him there. It had already happened. It was long gone. There was no going back. The only thing that could change that day was his future. And the man that could do it was in his present. Bartimaeus realizes this. And with utter abandon of this, of this awareness of what he needed, he cries out to him. And he creates an atmosphere for the supernatural to happen in his life. He created an atmosphere of complete and total abandon. It was simple. Bartimaeus had a need. And the one that could do something about it was there. He realized that he needed Jesus. And then displayed the faith in him that moved him with compassion. Now let's just take a little bit closer look at what Bartimaeus did. In verses 49 and 50 of the text we read, the Bible says, And Jesus stood still, and he commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, Bartimaeus, Casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now the word rose here, R-O-S-E, is from a Greek con conjunction of two words. The root being the word ana. It, the word is anistame. Ana is the root, meaning in the midst. In the midst amidst, among, between. The second part of that word is from a word histemi, meaning in the midst, to make firm, to establish, to stand, and be kept intact of family or a kingdom, to escape in safety, to establish a thing, to stand immovable, continue safe and sound, stand unharmed, to stand ready or prepared to be of a steadfast mind, of quality, of one who does not hesitate and does not waver. What does this mean? It means that at that very moment, Bartimaeus had an opportunity to make a choice. He heard what Jesus could do and he cried out to him in abandon. But what makes this even more significant is that Jesus stood still and bid him to come. He gave Bartimaeus the opportunity to make a choice whether to stay where he was or to be proactive and act on God's word. When Bartimaeus casted off his garment and rose, this is what he did. He separated himself from the very thing that defined him. 
from the very thing that was weighing him down. He stood in the midst of his situation, in the midst of his struggle, and right in the middle of his circumstance. He made a statement right then and right there that by my actions, no matter what, I'm going, not going to let my situation and my circumstance define who I am. Anytime, anytime you make a stand like that, there's going to be voices in your life. Those voices around him that day told him to be quiet. The voices around him that day told him to stay silent. They told him that there was no use in him calling out to Jesus. If he had listened to those voices that day, he would have stayed right where he was and never had moved from that place. He never would have gotten what he needed from God if he had listened. There will be voices in your life that will attempt to tell you that there's no use in you calling out to him. There will be voices that will tell you that there's no hope. Voices both in the natural and in the spiritual realms will attempt to keep you quiet because God doesn't really have time for you. They will tell you that he really doesn't love you or perhaps he isn't really a healer or he isn't really a deliverer or really a savior. But you must, you must block out those voices. You have to put them out of your ears and you have to cry out to him. Your circumstances and Satan will attempt to stifle your worship and keep you from Jesus. They will attempt to keep your mouth shut and muffled in praise. They will try to keep you weighed down and off of your feet. But you have to be like Bartimaeus. You have to cast off that weight and stand. You have to get up in the middle of your situation. You can't stay seated. You have to get up and say, I'm not going to let this define me. I'm not going to let this rule me. Whether it be high or whether it be low, I'm going to cry out to him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to worship him. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. I love you, Jesus. to stand in the midst of your situation no matter what you have to say to yourself I'm not going to let this keep me from worshiping God I'm not going to I'm going to stand in the midst of my situation I'm going to cry out to him anyhow I'm not going to allow that whatever it is to keep me away from him I've got to get to him I've got to get to Jesus you see you and I were made just for that we were made for worship. We were made for him. We were made for his glory and for his honor. We belong to him. And we belong following after him and seeking him with everything that is inside of us. Every person in this building under the sound of my voice is made for a purpose. Don't let anyone ever tell you that you don't have a purpose or that you are insignificant. You are not an accident. And you are not a mistake. An accident may have gotten you where you are. A mistake may have taken you down a road that you never thought you would go. But God does not view you as an accident. And he does not view you as a mistake. You are and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He took time on you. The fact that you're on the earth, 
The fact that you're here today means that you have potential. The fact that you have breath in your body means you have a purpose. But the choice, the choice belongs to you because you have your own will. He gave you your own will and he's a gentleman and he will not push himself upon you. He will not push himself upon you to make you do anything that you're not willing to do. It's up to you today what you'll do. Will you step into your purpose? Will you cast aside what's weighing you down and stand up and walk towards him? Don't let your current circumstance define who you are. And don't let the world convince you that quiet is the key because it's not. Cry out to him. Cast your cares on him and walk after him. Seek him with your whole heart and you'll find peace. Seek him with your whole heart and you'll find security and stability. Seek him with your whole heart and you'll find love and mercy because you will never seek God in vain. He stands ready with an outstretched arm and bids come. Come to me, whoever is thirsty. Come to me, whoever is hungry. He's there, he's there, he's there. Seek him with all that you are and trust him with who you will become. Don't let what you're going through now determine who you're going to become. And don't let your current circumstances define what you'll do with your tomorrow. And if our musicians will get ready, I'm coming to a close. It doesn't really matter at this point what got us here. Wherever you find yourself in life today, it doesn't really matter what got you to this moment may have been something that you did something that happened to you the fact of that matter is that we are here and you absolutely don't have to leave this place the same way you came you absolutely can let the power of the Holy Ghost touch you today and forever change your life everything that you've ever done Everything that you've ever said can be washed away today. You have not gone too far that God cannot reach you today. And you can have what God intends for your life today. You can have victory in your life if you'll just step into your purpose and what he intends for you to do. How can we have victory? Well, here I am to tell you. God robed himself in flesh. He dwelt among men. He died a sinless life for our example. He was the only person that ever lived that did not deserve to die. Nevertheless, he died on the cross for us, taking the penalty of sin upon himself. He literally died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb. And here's that word again. He rose again on the third day. He did this that we may live and operate in this world the way he intended us to operate in the garden. Before the separation took place. Now understand that none of that took God off guard. None of it took him by surprise. 
Because the Bible says that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And by believing on him and obeying his word, we can have fellowship with him and have eternal life. Because salvation is a gift. It's already been purchased. We exercise our faith in him and experience God's saving grace by what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. He stood in the midst of the 120 men with the rest of the apostles and all the men that were asking questions, what shall we do? And in Acts 2 and 38 and 39, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are afar off, even as many of the Lord our God shall call. Through repentance, we turn away and separate ourselves from that thing that is holding us back. Through, through this, we are crucified with Him. Through water baptism in His name, we are buried with Him. And by receiving the infilling of His Spirit, the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, we share in His resurrection. Peter stood that day and he preached Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said that, and committing yourself to this, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say it's a possibility. He didn't say, I think you will. He said, you shall receive. He said that the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are afar off. And that means today. That doesn't mean geographically, but that means today in 2013. Right. That, pro that promise, it belongs to us today. When Bartimaeus stood in the midst of his circumstance, when he rose and made up his mind, to follow through. He set his course for an impending miracle in his life. And if I tell you today, if you stand today and commit yourself to the will of God, you shall receive. You will set your course for a miracle and a miraculous move of God in your life that you never thought was possible. The questions have been answered today. We know that there's a problem. We know that there's a solution. The only question that remains is this. Will you stay where you are? Or will you come to Him? Jesus is passing by. He's in this place today. And I implore you in the, in the Holy Ghost not to let this day pass you by. Don't let him pass you by. Would you cry out to him? Would you stand to your feet? Would you, would you make a stand to say, I'm going to do what you want me to do, Jesus. Whatever it is, God. I want to be who you want me to be. I want to do what you want me to do. You don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you can have it today.
He's already promised it. He's already said it. His word is already settled in heaven. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is repent of your sin today. He'll feel you today. Would you stand and walk to him today? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.